Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Celebrating Winks, the illustrious career of Winks. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Winks. Proud to partner the renamed 1377 Winks Plus for her final race. Hello everybody and welcome. I'm Peter Donegan and ahead of her final race, we're celebrating Winks. With thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day. On Saturday at Randwick, the curtain will come down on the career of arguably Australia's greatest ever racehorse, Winks. And over the next two hours, I'm going to be joined by some of the biggest names in Australian racing, including the lady who has been the face of Winx's campaign all the way through. Debbie Kapitas, the part owner of Winx, is going to join us. Australian racing icon and the great broadcaster John Tapp will be with us as well. The voice of Victorian racing, one of the great young callers in the world, Matt Hill, will also join us with his impressions of Winx and the times that he's been calling her. And, of course, our very own Dr Turf, SEN's own Dr Turf, will talk about his memories of the great mayor. Winx's accomplishments are extraordinary. You already know that. 32 wins in a row, dating back to mid-2015. A world record, 24 Group 1s. An unprecedented four Cox Plates, 24 million dollars in prize money it truly is a remarkable story and it all began at the 2013 magic millions yearling sale on the gold coast a bay filly by street cry from the al akbar mayor vegas showgirl entered the ring as lot 329 the bidding opened at forty thousand dollars and here's how it played out at two thirty thousand in front gonna be sold gonna be quick i sell for 230 well, the filly was picked out by leading bloodstock agent Guy Mulcaster and was purchased by Peter Ty, Debbie Kapitas and Richard Treweek. And what a bargain they finished up getting. Winks was sent to Sydney trainer Chris Waller and on June the 4th, 2014, as a two-year-old, Winks made her racetrack to boo. At the 600, the leader aperture led by a length and a half feline, Sharma Dora. Urata Bell's getting a good run back along the rail. And then Kokomo followed by Vanishka and Vaselka. Winks is now picking up a little bit of ground via the rail. Lucy's look is not travelling. It's second last and getting its ears scrubbed off. And Ultimate Dancer's last. Aperture led for home. Felines is coming out after it on the outside. And then Sharma Dora. Winks is now getting to the centre of the track and is hitting the line well. And Urata Bell, but Feline sprinted. Winks is coming after it down the outside. Feline's the leader. Winks is closing in on the outside. It's finishing very fast. Gets up. Good win. If only we knew then that Winks would go on to register a further 35 wins, including 32 in a row, and win four Cox Plates to become arguably the greatest horse ever to race on Australian soil. After being beaten when favourite in the 2015 Group 1 Australian Oaks at start number 10, Winks ventured to Queensland for the Group 3 Sunshine Coast Guineas and the Group 1 Queensland Oaks. She won both, with the latter 
Her first win in top company. And Winks has raced to the lead from Imperial Lass, Ungrateful Allen. And this is a monstrous win in the Oaks. Winks ease down, three links, Ungrateful Allen. Following her explosive win in the Group 1 Queensland Oaks, Winks kicked off her 2015 spring campaign in the Group 2 Theo Mark Stakes over 1,300 metres at Rose Hill. Winks is still back last into the straight. Strawberry Boy leads from decision time and heart test of the outside. Ninth Legion coming off the fence. Then came Messine from Sons of John and Vashka running on. Strawberry Boy still the leader from Ninth Legion. Heart test is out very wide. They're followed further back by Winks is about five lengths off them. Ninth Legion hits up, goes up to hit the lead from Strawberry Boy. Sons of John's driving through. Winks flying! Oh, did she get there? On a three-run win streak and at the top of her game, more Group 1 glory beckoned for the rising star of the Australian turf. In front of 20,000 fans, Winks became the first mare to start favourite in the time-honoured Epsom handicap and was tasked with shouldering a weight-carrying record. The charges on in the Epsom, and Hooked and Sons of John have raced up to hit the lead. It's Hooked and Sons of John from Ecuador. Now Winks is starting to close in from Kiramosa. Hooked and Sons of John, but Winks is starting to unleash with a powerful sprint, and Winks races up to hit the lead. She shot away in the Epsom. It's all over. Ecuador's Sons of John was seen for the miners, but Bowman high in the irons gives the big salute. She bolts in Winks. After her phenomenal Epsom win, her fourth in a row, trainer Chris Waller was convinced his brilliant mare was good enough for a tilt at the best in the world and Winks was aimed towards the Cox Plate. Winks is well clear from Criterion at Highland Rail. Winks kept going by Hugh Bowman. What a win! Winks has bolted in the Cox Plate by four links. Returning after a brilliant Cox Plate triumph, Winks was eyeing a sixth consecutive win in the Group 2 Apollo Stakes at Randwick. Bohemian Lily from Winks being quietly ridden fifth around the turn. Haraki tracks the great mare everywhere she goes, then centre pivot and further back to Magic Hurricane. Solicit straightens in front. Winks will go back to the inside. Lee Baz Dibiani under the whip. Solicit in front. Now Winks has been called upon by Bowman. And here comes Winks going after Solicit. Solicit ahead in front. But Winks is going through her gears. And look at her go. Winks. Oh, she's simply the best. Great return to racing. Much to the delight of her growing fan base, Winks was back and ready to go to a new level during her autumn campaign. In search of her seventh win on the spin, Winks faced 11 rivals in the Group 1 Chipping Norton Stakes of 2016. Magic Hurricane swings in front from Dibiani, but Winks is starting to stride up on the outside. Beaten off Hartnell, then came Haraki. Bowman sits quietly on Winks as it starts to put its head in front from Dibiani is under immense pressure, but now Winks is starting to extend from Dibiani and Haraki. Oh, she's a wrecking ball, Winks. And there's the seventh pick in the fence. Winks goes on to win the Chipping Norton. That win saw Winks become only the second horse after Carbon Copy in 1948-49 to win the Cox Plate Chipping Norton Stakes double in the same season. And jockey Hugh Bowman was prepared to label Winks the best horse he had ever ridden. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks 
Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day. The cleaner and the school, the leader, from on the outside, complacent, and Arrod, Highland Real is still there from Mourinho. Winksville Bowman's got plenty to give, and he's getting an inside run, and Criterion tried to follow him home, just had the clip off heels there. Winks got the dream run and shot to the lead from the cleaner. Criterion trying to get going with Highland Real. They're followed by Hartnell, and Happy Trails right off the track, but Winks is away and gone round the home turn. Three lengths in front of Highland Real, Criterion, and then came the cleaner, but Winks is well clear from Criterion at Highland Real. Winks kept going by Hugh Bowman. What a win. Winks has bolted in the Cox Plate by four lengths. That was the 2015 Cox Plate, the first of four wins in the great race for the champion mayor, and one person who's been front and centre in all of those victories is part owner Debbie Kapitas. And she joins us on Celebrating Wings to share some of her favourite memories. Debbie, welcome to you. Thanks for your time. Oh, no. Thank you, Peter, and everybody out there for um, showcasing this wonderful mare of ours. Um, It's been an absolute privilege and an honour to to be a part of this. How did you feel when you were listening back to Greg Miles' brilliant call of the race? I must say, sitting here in the studio, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I bet it does for you every time you hear it, too. Oh, absolutely. You get tingles down your spine and it's like, oh, wow. You know, it never gets tiring. That's for sure. Take us back to that day, Debbie, at Mooney Valley. What were your expectations before the race? Oh, look, well, I was lucky enough to have two horses in that race. Preferment I had a small part of as well. And um, so, look, it's... Cox Plate is the pinnacle race. You, um, it's not an easy race to get into. It's not an easy race to win. Um, Mooney Valley has all its little idiosyncrasies. So to have a horse there, it was exciting. And, and the, the cauldron feeling where you're crowded in, all the owners, everybody on tender hooks, hoping that things go the way you want them. And then you're watching the race and, and, you just can't. I can't believe it. She's she's got such a good run, and she's just going so well. And then it was getting near the post, and I actually closed my eyes because I've been beaten so many times at Mooney Valley, at on the winning post. And and so I closed my eyes, and then I heard a roar, and I looked looked around, and I thought, oh yes, we won it. That was so exciting because 20 years earlier. My dad had won with octagonal by a nose, and mm. and um, that's just it. It it really is. I've made it. Racing's brilliant. She's won that super duper handicap, super duper um, premium race, and aren't we fortunate? I remember that day you're talking about twenty years previously. It was octagonal and mahogany going head and head down the straight at Mooney Valley in that great. Cox Plate, and I had a bit to do with your dad, Bob, and your uncle, Jack, of course, during that time with Octagonal and Lonrow. Did you ever dream that after they had those great horses, you would have a horse that would eclipse their deeds on the track? Oh, absolutely not. No, I just, I, I was just happy to have winners. Um, they, you don't, I didn't go into racing think I would be that lucky. It took dad and Jack ages and a lot of horses to get to that point. So, I was in it for the adrenaline and the excitement and the fun of watching a horse win wherever they win. If they win at Kembla or if they win it at out at Taree, there's nothing more exciting and thrilling than that adrenaline rush. But to now, to have been the last oh nearly four years on this 
amazing magic carpet ride, um, I never, ever thought I would be that lucky. It's an incredible achievement to have a starter in a Cox Plate. To win one is something else. To win four is unheard of. I know it's a bit like asking you which one of your children you love the most, but does one of the four <laughs> Cox Plates stand out for you? Is, is one more vivid than the others? Uh, look, to be totally honest, no, they're all the same. They're, they're all as important because they're not like a copybook of each other. They're all different. You know, the first one, there was no expectation on it. She was a filly coming over, coming along, you know, hoping. And then she, she gets to the front and Criterion's trying to run her down. But then you've got the next year where, you know, she took off and wins by eight lengths. Mm. Now, wouldn't that be a pinnacle? But then the next year to have the build-up of the, the clash with Hartnell and you're thinking, oh, my God, is this going to be the same as Bone Crusher back in the day, you know, watching them fight it out head-to-head. And then she got to the corner and she just took off. It was like, yes, see you, bye. So that was exciting. And then last year to have the inter- international horse bend battle be there and show for the, for the whole world to see that she is as good as she looks on the Australian racetrack. Debbie, so how do you choose out of those? You tell yeah, me how you choose. Uh, well, you can't possibly because they're just four of the most Im- just indelible moments of the Australian turf in those four races. Everybody, Debbie, who has owned a racehorse at any stage dreams that they are going to have a special one. When did you know? When was the first time that you knew that you had something very special? Very special. Um, I, I, it took a while. I, I, I had grown up in racing, as, as you, you've said, and um, there's very hard task masters, masters that you don't call a horse a champion or super special till they've really done something or continually done something. So um, I knew she was special when she won at the Sunshine Coast, but you've got to wait for them to back that up. But when she'd won a group of, of group ones, then you allow yourself to think, yes, she is very, very special. And I think I'll call her a champion. Well, I think if you don't, there will never be a champion because she's proven it. Come 3.15, the clock is ticking now towards 3.15 on Saturday. Have you come to terms with the fact yet that that's going to be the last time that you and all of us see her on the racetrack? Look, I have, I think, I think. <laughs> it's, it's not an easy thing to prepare for because, you know, you, you haven't, I've never been in this situation. Um, it's usually a cut and dried, yes, they've got to stop now because they're not performing or this is this or that's that. It's time to go to start, last race, blah, blah. But with her, um, yeah, I hope, I hope I'm prepared. I think I am. I know it's going to be a very bittersweet day. But I'm so proud of her and she has a most amazing record uh, that I think it'll be more relief and exciting to have her go out on that high. And that's all you can ask for, for in athlete, in, in, with an athlete is for them to perform at their best. And golly, she's been doing that for a long, long time. 
And just finally, Debbie, when you get to the races on Saturday, you'll look in the race book and you'll see the official owners of Winks. But really, we all feel as though we have a little part of her ownership as well. And that's something that you've been very generous with. The fact that I'm sure you feel the same way, that basically everybody in Australia who loves this mare just has such an affinity with her and feels like we own a part of her along with you too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? That's the pressure. Because a lot of those owners in this wonderful mare don't understand racing fully. And they don't know that horses can get beaten. They don't realise that things can go against you. So it's, it, that's the huge pressure to make sure that nothing goes wrong for her. But we're very fortunate because this horse that we all are invested in, she pulls it out. She gets out of trouble. Let's hope she goes out on that winning note on Saturday. But if she doesn't, we will still celebrate her because she is our best horse ever. Debbie, you've summed it up beautifully. On behalf of everybody, thank you so much for your time, not only today, but all throughout the mighty run of this champion um, and for being so giving of your time. I know it's a busy week and we have everything crossed for Saturday that it all goes out and it is a fairy tale ending. Thank you so much, Debbie, and good luck. You're welcome and thank you. And, and um, it'll be exciting to see her. So go Winksy. Debbie Kapitas joining us on Celebrating Winks, Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives Every Day. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives Every Day. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives Every Day. Celebrating Winks. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day. Gunning for an eighth straight win, Winks was trapped wide early in the Group 1 George Ryder Stakes of 2016, prompting Huey Bowman to send her forward. It mattered little, though, as Winks displayed her electrifying turn of foot in the run home to once again crush her rivals. They've got 5.50 to run. Turn me loose right on the bridle. From first seal who comes off. Press statement inching closer. Bowman sits very quietly on Winks as they round the turn. Kermadec goes for an inside run. Into the straight now. And Winks races up to join first seal. Press statement. Kermadec's finishing hard on the fence. Winks races to the lead. Kermadec's in for the fight on the inside. So's the cold press statement. Winks in front from Kermadec. Winks just in front from Kermadec. Oh, the mighty man. She's a superstar, Winks. During her imperious form, Chris Waller was reluctant to label Winks a champion. Winks was looking to achieve a feat that great mayor Sunline and more joyous couldn't win the Group 1 Doncaster Mile as a four-year-old around the turn and Vergara's gone for home. Six lengths clear from Stratum Star in second. Winks has bottled up. Bowman goes back to the inside. She's got daylight now. Winding up on the outside is Happy Clapper and Good Project. Vergara in front but here she comes Winks. Happy Clapper tries. So does Ascadelia but Winks has drawn clear in the Doncaster. He's nine in a row. She breaks all the records today. She's a champion Winks. That made it nine wins in a row and third overall and Chris Waller was finally prepared to label his brilliant mare a champion while legendary sports broadcaster Bruce McAvaney had this to say. It was probably Doncaster day for me that I went from admiring to being fully committed and that day I think more than her first Cox Plate she went from uh, a great to an all-time great. After a well-earned break Winks met six rivals when she returned in the 2016 Warwick Stakes at Randwick and she made it a one-act affair.
No moves coming to the turn. From Vambra, Grand Marshal and Who shot the barman's last around the turn. Berig is Rebel Dana Rev up. Bowman sits motionless on the champion mare Winks and she sidles up to Rebel Dane and puts her head in front. Clear from Hartle and Lucia Valentina. But the champion mare Winks is drawn away from Rebel Dane. Hartnell going into third. Here's the season premiere of Winks. And what a blockbuster season we're in for. She toys with the rivals in the Warwick Having extended her win streak to 10 in dominant fashion, Winks was well and truly on target for back-to-back Cox Plates. Winks returned to Randwick for the 2016 Group 1 George Main Stakes and was sent out a $1.09 favourite, the shortest price in Sydney this century. Here she comes now, Winks. In trademark style, she just sidles up to them. Bowman hasn't moved. Winks moves up to Haraki and they're beaten off the rest. Winks puts her head in front now from Haraki and Winks is starting to edge away. Here's her seventh Group 1 victory, 11 in a row, and she gives these a nice toweling in the Colgate Optic White Stakes. Winks Watch out, Melbourne. She's coming back for another Cox Plate. Wink's success was her 15th from 21 starts. It was her 7th at Group 1 level, with the promise of more to come. In what would become a pattern, Wink scared off her rivals in the 2016 Group 1 Caulfield Stakes. Only Blackheart Bart and he or she took her on over the 2,000 metres. And, as is often the case when it's a small field, the race became a tactical one. They swing wide the pair of them and they've left he or she behind but around the turn Blackheart Bart straightened up about a half in front of Winks. Now Bowman's just asking her to go and she sidles up at the 200 metres. Blackheart Bart trying to really go with her but Winks now with about 150 to go drew a neck in front. Blackheart Bart won't go away but Winks is too good. Far too good. She scared her rivals away and she blew them away when they got there. By now, Winks had won eight Group 1s and 12 races on the bounce and she was right on target to defend her Cox Plate crown at the Valley in a fortnight's time. For the first time in a long time, Winks had a genuine challenger ahead of the 2016 Cox Plate. Hartnell was in a rich vein of form and went into the race having blitzed a hot field in the Group 1 Turnbull Stakes. At one stage, it appeared an epic two-horse war would eventuate, but Hugh Bowman was having none of it, and before the turn, Winks left Hartnell and co. in her wake. Hartnell's hit the front, Winks is going with him, and they've turned it on. The great race is on here. It's Hartnell, the leader. Winks striding up to join him from Blackheart, Bart Awesome Rock. The rest headed by Venomos and Yankee Rose. But Winks has raced away around the home turn. She's put two, three links on Hartnell. Awesome Rock, Venomos battling away, and then came Yankee Rose. But it's all Winks in the straight. Four, five links in front of Hartnell. A good battle going on for the Miners. But this is a blitz. It's a Winks blitz. Two in a row, and she joins the all-time great of the turf. The official margin was a staggering eight lengths the largest in the race's 93-year history. And here's what Huey Bowman said after that wonderful performance. She's just given us all such an amazing ride. Look, I'm a uh, sports fanatic and I've grown up watching champions in all sports. When Leighton Hewitt won Wimbledon, you know, I idolised him with Roger Federer all the way through. Lost for words, to be honest. Understandably lost for words. Winks went for a spell after her 2016 Cox Plate heroics and returned in the Group 2 Apollo Stakes at Randwick.
Endless drama moves up to Shiraz, but she just ambles up on the outside of Winks. Hartnell's three lengths away, but away goes Winks. Put pay to Endless Drama. Hartnell's running on, looking for second again, but here's 14 for the equine queen of the world, Winks. Great first up performance. The mayor's latest victory saw her equal Farlap's record of 14 wins in a row, and the champion was closing in on legends Carbine and Burnborough, who both won 15 on the bounce. With the rain pouring down ahead of the 2017 Chipping Norton Stakes, Chris Waller contemplated withdrawing Winks from the Group 1 contest. Thankfully, he didn't. He pulls to the passing lane on Winks as they round the corner. The squirty spirit in front of Endless Drama. But Winks moves straight up on the outside. She went straight past Hartnell. Then Magic Hurricane, who shot the barman and Lebron. They've got 200 metres to run. He hasn't even pushed the button on the mighty mare, Winks, and she's really starting to pull away. The squirty spirit, who shot the barman, Magic Hurricane. Oh, isn't she great to watch? Back-to-back wins in the Chipping Norton. Winks' second chip. Norton Stakes victory took her winning run to 15 and she joined Hall of Fame gallopers Burnborough and Carbine. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. They come to the home turn, elusive catch with Lady Winks is last. She'll have to come past the 17 of them. Into the straight and sky limit, past the 400, kicked away. Worthy cause now went into second spot, about to give chase. Followed by Ride and Drive. Ullman is next and right or wrong is pulled to the outside. To the 200 metres mark and Worthy cause got the sky limit. Ullman getting up on the fence. It's Ullman and Worthy cause there together with 100 to go. Look at Winks. Look at Winks. She's come from last. She stormed down the outside. Oh, what a win. That was the voice of Alan Thomas, and that was the 2015 Group 3 Sunshine Coast Guineas at Caloundra. And as history shows, it would turn out to be the first of 32 wins in a row for Winks. That race sticks in the memory of my next guest on Celebrating Winks, Australian racing icon John Tapp. Tappy is on the line now. John, it's been far too long since we've spoken. Lovely to hear from you, Peter. I don't know why that race... um left an indelible impression on me. I I suppose, in hindsight, it was the first of 32 incredible wins. But I heard the race, I watched the race, I listened to Alan's call, and it left a massive impression on me. I mean, I know the standard of the opposition wasn't first class on the occasion, but it's just the way she, she walked past them in the straight, Pete. Walked past them. Well, we knew that she was something special at the way she won that race, John, but I don't think any of us could possibly have imagined what she would go on to do. No, I certainly didn't. I thought, well, here is a really nice mare. She's probably going to win eight or ten races and the owners will have a lot of fun with her. The man who was um, on her back that day was Larry Cassidy, who's ridden in a lot of places around the world. In fact, I bumped into him one day at the Macau races of all places when he was riding there. He rode Sunline on 10 occasions, and um, being aboard Winx that day, he was blown away by the performance. This is what he had to say, John, recently about that win. My wife wasn't actually at the races, and she, she was obviously, you know, what an amazing win. And she said, you know, what do you think? I said, I said, I think she could be the best horse I've ever ridden. And my wife said, don't be so bloody stupid. What about Sunline? Then rattled off another car. I said, I know. I said, I can't actually believe I'm saying it. 
you know, obviously I think I was right. I, I would have to put her in front of someone. You know, you don't really like to compare champions like that of different eras, but I think with what she's done, I think she'd have to be in front of someone. So, John, as it turns out, his wife thought he was mad, but as it turns out, Larry was right. Well, Larry's a very experienced rider. He's been around for a long, long time, and he's ridden not only Sunline, but many other top-class horses, particularly when he was a stable rider for the Crown Lodge organisation. So he knows what a top horse feels like. And he went out on a limb making a statement like that, but uh, history has proven him correct. You've had the pleasure of calling so many great champions over the years. Perhaps my next question might have been answered this week because you called the Wonder Race, which went to air on the News Limited websites throughout the week, and Winx was obviously involved in that. So where does she sit in the pecking order? Is she the greatest? Had you asked me the question 12 months ago, Peter, uh, I'd have said negatively, not on your life. Uh, Kingston Town reigns supreme in my mind. Is certainly the best horse I ever called. Uh, he ticked every box and he did it under difficulty too. A lot of people forget that from his, the early part of his four-year-old career, he had a niggly tendon problem, which eventually forced him out of racing. But um, this mare, and it's hard to define why she's the greatest, Pete. But there are many different ways uh, you can analyse it. Her sheer consistency uh, is the thing that, uh, that gets to me. I mean, she's turned up 32 times. Uh, she switched herself on. She's remained focused. She's delivered her optimum performance every time. And she has refused to be beaten. Consistency is the key word where Winx is concerned. Can I turn back the clock? You talked about Kingston Town, John, and you called so many of his races. Did you have a spring in your step when you went to the races when Kingston Town was running? Because that's the way that we feel with the mayor these days. It's not just a run-of-the-mill race day. It's a day that Winx is going to be there, and I'm sure it was the same with the King for you. I loved calling his races, Peter. I would walk into that broadcast box when the King was in, and uh, I, I would have a spring in my step, as you said. Um, he was reliable. He, he was such a lovely-looking horse, too. He was a jet-black horse, and uh, they always look spectacular. He had the sweetest galloping action. It has been said that you could have put a glass of water on his hind quarters when he was in full flight, and he wouldn't have spilled a drop. And that acceleration, uh, he was quicker than Winks. Uh, from point A to point B. I have no doubt about that, Pete. She she just seems to take 30 or 40 metres to hit top gear. Kingston Town, Malcolm Johnston will tell you, could go from three-quarter pace to top speed in two strides. And Malcolm once said, uh, you were in danger of getting whiplash when he took off. Speaking of Malcolm Johnston and the role of jockeys in great horses... Uh... Kingston Town had a lot of jockeys. In fact, I think three different jockeys when he won the Cox Plates, Peter Cook, Ronnie Quinton. Hugh Bowman has been a constant companion for Winks later in her career. How important is his role and his understanding of the mare and the way she races in her success? He's got the right temperament, Peter. Uh, Hugh is totally unflappable. 
I don't know what he feels inside when Winks is racing and breaking record after record, but it doesn't show. Uh, he's not overawed by the occasion. Uh, he has a tremendous temperament for a situation like this. I don't think they could possibly have found or nominated a more perfect rider for Winks than Hugh Bowman. And what a compliment they paid him when Winks, when he was suspended, uh, mm. I don't know, eight or nine runs back. Yeah. And rather than put that sort of responsibility on any other jockey, they decided to scratch and wait for Hugh. What a compliment. It is a great compliment, and it just reinforces the fact that there are great combinations in life, um, like Winks and Huey Bowman, like John Tapp and Kenny Callender. And um, I caught up with uh, your great mate, Kenny, just a, a couple of weeks ago, and it was lovely to have a chat to him. When we look forward to Saturday, John, is the fairy tale ending going to happen? Because we all know what happened when Don Bradman walked out to bat for the last time, and he made a duck. That's it's not going to happen on Saturday, is it? I can't imagine it. Um, it. It's a graveyard, this race, for champion horses. As you know, Octagonal was beaten by Intergaze. Lonro was beaten by Grand Army. Mm. Is there something, some mysterious force uh, that seems to accompany the Queen Elizabeth Stakes? I don't know. Uh, you've seen the field. She's capable of beating all of these horses. Uh, she just needs ordinary luck. Actually, she can overcome bad luck and still win. I'm referring to the Turnbull Stakes at Flemington yeah. uh, last spring. Uh, it'll be a massive shock if she gets beaten, Peter. And I hope with all my heart that it doesn't happen. She's a champion, Tappy, and so are you. It's been such a pleasure to chat to you. Thanks for joining us on Celebrating Wings. Pleasure was all mine, Pete. Great to hear from you. John Tapp, a legend in Australian racing, joining us on Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks, Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day. Despite it being Golden Slipper Day, Winks was the big ticket item on March 18, 2017. The champion mayor met just six rivals in the Group 1 George Ryder Stakes at Rose Hill, and once again, she swam through the heavy going. The crowd starting to left. Le Romain takes the lead. Winks is just cruising up on the outside. It's Le Romain and Winks, and Bowman sits motionless yet again. Look at her rip clear inside the 200. Le Romain can't go on. Nor Haraki. Chitaka out of the pack. But all conditions, all distances, all challenges. Here's sweet 16 for Winks, making it back to back wins in the George Ryder. Winks was now an 11 time Group 1 winner. Her incredible win streak stood at 16, and her career earnings surpassed the $10 million mark. With almost 27,000 people in attendance, the biggest crowd at Randwick in years, eight rivals stood between Winks in the $4 million Group 1 Queen Elizabeth Stakes. 
there she comes around the field of wings. Bowman hasn't moved a muscle. Doyle has on Hartnoller. Here she comes, Winks. Moves up on the outside of Hartnoller. Then the United States and Happy Clapper. But away she goes now, Winks. In the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. She's put two lengths on Hartnoller. Then Exus Ferry. Sense of occasion. She's racing royalty this mare. There's 17 in a row. The grandstand shaking. She wins it by about four and a half to Hartnoller. Winks had now won 12 Group 1 races during her 17-start winning run and was closing in on Black Caviar's all-time mark of 15 majors. When Winks lined up in the Warwick Stakes at Randwick, it was largely considered that only bad luck could be her. And it nearly happened. Ecuador coming off the fence, giving Fox Play a bit of room. Then Harper's Choice, Red Excitement. Winks gets to the outside. Six or seven off the lead. Fox Play, the stable mate to Winks, makes the run on the fence. Goes up to join Ecuador. Red Excitement. Winks is four lengths away. She's cutting loose now. Fox Play into the front from Ecuador. Winks is down the outside. It's going to get desperate. Winks is going to Fox Play. Winks dives. Yes, she got up. Winks got up to beat Fox Play. There's 18 in a row, but what about the drama today? Her second straight Warwick Stakes win was her 18th in succession, which saw her equal Ajax's record. And she took her earnings past the $13 million barrier and in sight of Maccabi Diva's all-time record of $14.2 million. A daring ride by Josh Parr on Red Excitement almost brought Winks undone in the 2017 Chelmsford Stakes at Randwick. Winks needed to call upon all of her champion qualities to overhaul the tearaway leader who'd set up a 10-length margin on the mare at the 600-metre point. Red excitement. He's certainly making it exciting. Pass hitting pretty quietly. Six lengths clear. Now Winks is getting cracking. Further back to Antonio Giuseppe. Chicante still there. Red excitement. Five in front. Now Winks has only got one more to pick off. Red excitement. Three in front. Winks is coming. Red excitement. But here she comes. Right over the top. Winks. Barnstorming finish again. 19 in a row. That jaw-dropping win was her 19th in succession surpassing Ajax's mark of 18 and lifting her within six of Black Caviar's all-time mark of 25. In the 2017 Group 1 George Main Stakes at Randwick, Winks was slow to begin and stood the leader's 10 lengths 600 metres from home. But once again, her undoubted class shone through. Parr really starting to up the ante, coming around the turn on Red Excitement. Boy, Winks is still third last. Red Excitement swings in front of McIntosh. Here comes Happy Clapper and Fox Play, and now the champ gets going down the outside. Red Excitement being tackled by Happy Clapper, but Winks is chiming in. Here we go again. Winks from right out the back. Powers away from Happy Clapper and Fox Play, and the champ makes it 20 in a row. The 20th consecutive win was the 13th group one of her career, equaling Sunline's record and putting her within one of the great Kingston town. The champion mayor made her first appearance at Flemington in the 2017 Group 1 Turnbull Stakes. In what was a precursor to her date with destiny in the Cox Plate three weeks later, Winks relished the big track, trouncing her opposition by a mere six and a half lengths.
A sign moves up on the outside of Sir Isaac Newton. A length Ventura Storm Wiggs. Bowman hasn't flinched. He's doing it easily. And then came Humidor Magical and Skyfire across the track at the 300. Winks has ambled up on the outside. Racing Royalty goes to the lead. Racing's Wonder of the World puts up two legs, three legs. Ventura Storm followed by a sign, but it's all Winks. Five or six legs in front. Look at her go with 100 metres to go. 21 today on the biggest dance floor of them all. Weeks by eight leaks. Following her Turnbull romp, which was her 21st win in succession, attention quickly turned to Winks's quest for a place in the record books. With the great mare out to emulate the feats of the legendary Kingston town as a three-time winner of the time-honoured Wait for H Classic. The champion mare lined up at the Valley on October 28, 2017 in search of a third Cox Plate. Most thought victory was a formality, but Blake Shin and Humidor had other ideas. Here comes Winks on the outside, sliding up now. We've waited 35 years for this, and Winks moves up to Galo Chop, followed further back by Folkswood between them. Two further back, Humidor and Royal Symphony. It's Galo Chop at the 350. Winks on the outside, Bowman hasn't moved yet. The valley's rocking and the world is knocking. Weeks goes to the front. 200 to go. Humidor to the outside. It's Weeks in front by a length. Humidor on the outside is trying hard. It's Weeks in front. Humidor's coming at her. Weeks is holding on. The great bear completes the great trilogy of the turn. After that stirring victory, here's what jockey Huey Bowman had to say. Now, as I look, she felt him and I felt a surge again and... In doing so, broke the track record for a second time. Would you believe that? Having won 22 races in a row, 15 Group 1s, and sitting atop Australia's list of all-time stakes earners, Winks was sent to the paddock. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. You're listening to Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives Every Day. Rostropovich just in front of Dargento Ben Battle. Now Bowman gets moving on Winks. She's only a length and a half to two lengths off the lead, followed by Savi Cope. Rostropovich just in front of Dargento, but here she comes, and the valley roars. Winks on the outside moves up, takes the lead from Ben Battle, then Rostropovich and Dargento into the straight at the 200 metres. It's Winks in front by a length. Ben Battle's going with her. Winks three quarters, Ben Battle. Winks is staving off. Ben Battle, cometh the hour, cometh the legend, greatness, Wicks has done it, it's Equiutopia. What a brilliant win that was, and the call by my next guest was every bit as good on that day, the Cox Plate of 2018, and of course I'm referring to the voice of Victorian racing, Matt Hill, one of the fine young broadcasters that we've ever had, and he joins us on Celebrating Winks. Matty, welcome and congratulations again on that call. Oh, thank you, Peter. It's lovely to talk to you. Uh, what a day it was. I, there was a real contrast, though, in the, the two Cox plates uh, where she was going for uh, the, the third to equal Kingston Town and then the fourth to, to break the record. Uh, twelve months earlier, we were all in a bit of shock, I think, when uh, Humidor really challenged her. But twelve months later, that race we've just heard, uh, she was expected to do it. And Ben Battle gave her a little bit of a challenge at the top of the straight. But... Uh, it was almost academic from about the 1,200 metres, really. She was in the best spot. She was in clear air. 
and she was just travelling so well. And what's really scary about Winx is I think she's got better as time's gone on. What about from your point of view, Matty? Uh, the jockeys often say, even for things like Cox Plates and Melbourne Cups, that when the gates open, essentially it's just another race. Is that the way that you as a race caller has to look at it, knowing that this is a moment where history is likely to be made? Good question, because uh, I think the build-up can always get to you. It doesn't matter if it's a Cox Plate or or a Melbourne Cup or any feature race. So there's so much talk leading up to a race. Um, And you you tend to run it in your mind over and over again. And the tricky part for a race commentator is you know that that uh, uh, vision and that audio is going to be played over and over again. So you're almost the soundtrack of a moment like that. And I'm not a great fan of race calls that are rehearsed and uh, with winks, uh, you, you sort of had to have some things rehearsed because um, you knew that it was going to be replayed in 100 years' time. So it is really tricky. Um, but I definitely, though, the, 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 particularly the last two Cox Plates got to me, I think. And I, uh, I, was, uh, I always remember now from uh, the last Cox Plate, the fourth one, uh, the shot of Debbie Capetus in the mounting yard about 15 minutes before, and she was just... Uh, she was just in tears. I think it was getting to her. And uh, I think if uh, Winx, well, she is going to retire at the end of uh, this weekend. Uh, I think Winx can go on, but I don't think the owners can go on for much longer. And I think that that is the relief that Debbie has often talked about that will eventually come. And it will come for Chris Waller as well. And I'm sure it was the same for you after you got that call out of the way. Because when you call legends, when you call champions and I've been lucky enough to do it over the years, there are two different ways of looking at it. You can look at it as being a very daunting thing, or you can look at it as being the opportunity of a lifetime. And I'm sure mm. that was the way that you looked at it. Oh, definitely. I got lucky. You know, the, the first two years of having the role that replacing Greg Miles to have winks, uh, you know, in fact, the Cox Plate uh, this year is just not going to be the same. Uh, I don't know how we're going to cope without her. Uh, that's what I've got used to, is, uh, is doing two really high-pressure Cox plates. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think you have to uh, look back at the previous Cox plates, previous Melbourne Cups, and all the great race calls. And it was my chance to, to stamp um, a little bit of my own on, on those races, I suppose. But um, she did it for us. Um, uh, she made it a bit over dramatic. the third one. Um, you know, I think on the turn, uh, everyone was very, very nervous when, when Humidor hooked out and jumped out of the clouds to challenge her. And on that day, uh, Bowman still thinks he had enough uh, horse underneath of, uh, underneath of him to uh, stave off Humidor. And as I mentioned, the fourth one, well, it was just a matter of her getting around safely. And Every single time she goes onto a racetrack, Pete, the anxiety levels lift even higher because you don't want anything to go wrong. You you don't want to see her get beaten. You don't want to see her get injured in any way. Um, so it's a relief for us, but can you imagine the relief for Chris Waller and the connections when she just gets around safely? And I'll tell you what, that relief would have been evident in another race down here in Melbourne, that Turnbull Stakes where Huey had her <laughs> in on the inside, and I just I would love to know what was going through his head about 500 metres from home, but again, she just found a way to get it done. It was a bizarre race, that Turnbull, because he was on the fence and it seemed to be going in slow motion around the turn. It was like, what, what's going on here? Uh, she's still third last. She's still fourth last. Uh, what's going on here? And there seemed to be no reaction from the crowd. Everyone was just 
watching her so closely. But but that's what champions do, don't they, Pete? They, they're in trouble one minute, and then all of a sudden they're home and hose the next, and she's done that numerous times. But so evidently in that race at Flemington, she was gone for all money, and then all of a sudden she got a gap, and she won comfortably in the end. It was scary how comfortable it was. She, it was over a length in the end, and um, she wasn't entitled to do that. You're just a young man making your way and making a, a great uh, path through your chosen career and uh, as I said you're regarded so highly by everybody in racing but you've been watching racing for a long time before you were calling at the top level is she number one for you Matt? I think so Pete uh, mainly uh, for the, the previous reason I gave I think I've never seen a horse uh, go from seemingly battling to storming down the outside and just winning so easily and she just doesn't have an off day. I mean, the, the horses that I've seen, you, you know, you, you talk about horses like Let's Elope and Superimpose and Better Loosen Up and then you know, some of the top sprinters like Takeover Target, Black Caviar, Maccabi Diva, you know, th- three-time Melbourne Cup winner. They all had off days to a certain extent, maybe with the exception of Black Caviar. They just had uh, days where they didn't perform at their absolute zenith or they may have got pocketed or from a bad ride, etc. But... She just doesn't have off days. Uh, in fact, every time she seemingly is in trouble, and the Turnbull Stakes was the great example of that, you're thinking, okay, today's the day. It's going to happen. But she gets herself out of trouble somehow, and that's why she's an absolute champion. And um, mm-hmm. she does it differently to those great sprinters such as Black Caviar as well. Mm-hmm. She comes from the back of the field, so she makes you uh, quite anxious at times. But she's the best I've seen. And I think great champions, great racehorses, they just give you a buzz that uh, a normal horse doesn't. And uh, I think everybody's affected by Winx. There's no doubt about that. And surely, Maddie, there'll be no party poopers on Saturday. She can't get beaten, can she? <laughs> well, it happened to Octagonal, didn't yes, it? Yes, uh, it the did. The big farewell and uh, got rolled. But I can't see it happening at it didn't happen to Black Caviar, and I don't think it's going to happen to uh, Wiggs. She's, uh, as I say, I think she's just as good as she's ever been. Um, and I think the connections are aware of that, and they want to go out on a high, and some talk of going to England's been completely quashed. I think uh, it'll be a great celebration, and it will be a great place to be on Saturday, uh, and I'll be, I'll be at Caulfield where it'll be a lot quieter, but uh, every single person will be watching the screens around Caulfield as well, and there'll be many people glued to televisions and radios uh, around Australia. It's a, it's a celebration of her, but it's also a celebration of, uh, of Australia having a great racehorse, and uh, we've stuck it up the Brits a little bit too uh, uh, <laughs> with her being the best uh, horse in the world uh, by ratings, and they're... They're not really happy about that, but it's it's just a big celebration in total, and it's great stuff. Well, if they're not happy, who cares? Uh, Maddie, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, one thing you just said there, she's going out on top, and that was something that an icon of our profession, uh, Bill Collins, did when he got to the end of his career in calling Melbourne Cups. He always said that he wanted to get out while there was still something left in the tank, and I think you can draw some mm. parallels with the great mayor. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I, I'd hate to see her underperforming. I don't think anyone would want to see that. Um, and uh, there's no need for it. She's she's proven everything to us. And, uh, you know, after her fourth Cox Plate, I, I thought maybe that was going to be it. But she's always been a Sydney mare. She's always been a, a Sydney horse. So uh, to finish the way she's going to finish is, is you know, really, really good. And, um, you know, even though a lot of us wanted to see her race overseas and, 
maybe try and uh, see how she fared in, in races such as uh, the Queen Anne in England or the Prince of Wales Stakes, etc. She doesn't have to prove anything. And I don't think you actually have to leave your own patch to prove anything either. The Brits know how good she is uh, deep down and, and, and people that follow world racing know how good she is. She doesn't have to leave Australia to do that. So it really is the perfect ending. Well, you've got another... 25, 30 years behind the monoculars in your profession. I doubt that you'll ever see another one as good as her, <laughs> but um, at least we have those great calls and that great call of that history-making moment in 2018 to look back on for as long as they have horse racing. They'll be listening to that. Well done, Matty. Thanks, Pete. Lovely to talk to you. Matt Hill joining us there on Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating Winks, proud to partner the renamed 1377 Winks Plus for her final race. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winks. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Winks' 2018 campaign kicked off in the Group 1 Chipping Norton Stakes at Randwick. And the great mayor couldn't have been more impressive first up relishing the cut out of the ground to record a stunning seven-length victory. On the point of the turn, it's Stampede in front. Classic uniform comes off the fence. Prized icon third, and Winks is starting to loop the field. 400 out, it's Stampede in front. But Winks, uh, Hugh Bowman just sitting there like a department store mannequin, hasn't touched the mare, and off she goes. Prized icon going home in a second, and Libran's making ground, but nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Away she goes, the champ, and this is an Australian record of 16 Group 1s. Winks powers away to beat Price Icon. That win saw Winks become the Australian Group 1 record holder, surpassing the 15 held by Black Caviar, and her winning sequence now stood at 23. In early March 2018 at Rose Hill, Winks won her third straight George Ryder stakes with little fuss, and in doing so, the superstar mayor set a world record for Group 1 flat victories. Invincible Jim is trying to slip away on the turn. Two and a half clear from Happy Clapper. Here's Winks moving up on the outside and Kementari. The Colts trying to go with the champ. Invincible Jim, three lengths clear from Winks getting into her work now. She went straight past Kementari. Happy Clapper's running the big race today, but Winks moves up now at the 150. Heads off a game, Happy Clapper. Kementari gets going late, but Winks is edging clear for a world record of 17 Group 1s and Winks wins it by three quarters. That was Winks's 24th straight win and 17th in top company, eclipsing the mark set by American horse John Henry back in 1984. By missing the start, Winks made the 2018 Queen Elizabeth Stakes at Randwick interesting, but by the end of the 2000 metres, she'd once again prove that she is simply far superior to her rivals. Wings getting to the outside. Humidor the inside of her. Happy Clapper needs luck as they straighten up. Galo Shop tries to kick. Three lengths clear, but Winx is getting into her work and they're broken clear from the rest. Galo Shop in front, but Winx moves up on the outside. Winx takes the lead from Galo Shop and here's her second Queen Elizabeth. This is a silver jubilee moment on the throne for 25 consecutive wins to equal the record of the Great Black Caviar. In recording her 25th victory in a row, Winks drew level with Black Caviar and she had now won 29 races overall and 18 Group 1s. Winks had history in her sights when she contested the race named in her honour in August 2018. And fittingly, she didn't disappoint. 
They're going quicker for Randall Runner and Cabeza de Vaca in the very windy conditions from Religify Classic Uniform Dargetto. And here they come getting to the outside. Winks and Kemantari. And Kemantari's trying to stick with her, although she dropped him now. Cabeza de Vaca takes the lead. 200 metres to run. But here she comes. Winks right down the outside. Powering away from the Invictus Prince Dargetto and Kemantari. But how soft for Winks. There's 26 in a row for the champ. With that win, Winks created another slice of history, becoming the only Australian horse to record 26 straight victories. Winks stretched her incredible winning run to 27 and made it 20 Group 1 wins in taking out her third consecutive George Main stakes at Randwick. Lurramain goes to third from Who Shot the Barman. Winks is on the tail of Lurramain into the straighter. Eggtart trying to push her underneath, and it's somewhat last. It's Religify in front. Lurramain goes to him. Winks is two off. Then ace high and Eggtart. Lurramain making a bold beat for victory, but Winks is starting to cut him down. Winks moves up on the outside, takes the lead, kicks away. He's three in a row. It's her birthday. And what a way to celebrate. Long live the Queen. It was the 29th stakes victory of Winx's stellar career, a new Australasian record, which was previously held by eight-time Group 1 winner, the great Sunline. Winx headed to Melbourne and lined up at Flemington for only the second time in her career in the 2018 Turnbull Stakes. The huge crowd let out a collective gasp with 500 metres to run as Winx was bottled up with nowhere to go. But just as she always does, she found a way, leaving it to very late to record her 28th win in succession. Wings sticking towards the inside but trying to pick up some ground. Trap for Fools has the running of the 300 metres. John Stowe back to the inside. Kings will dream. There's a gap for Wings. She's going to have to explode. Trap for Fools at the 200. Kings will dream back to the inside. Wings down the middle. Kings will dream at the 100. It's getting desperate. Now Wings is storming home. Wings over the top. Her second straight Turnbull triumph was Winx's 21st Group 1 success and had her prime for a history-making assault on a fourth Cox Plate. Rostropovich just in front of Dargento Ben Battle. Now Bowman gets moving on Winx. She's only a length and a half to two lengths off the lead, followed by Savvy Cope. Rostropovich just in front of Dargento, but here she comes, and the valley roars. Winx on the outside moves up, takes the lead from Ben Battle, then Rostropovich and Dargento into the straight at the 200 metres. It's Winx in front by a length. Ben Battle's going with her. Winx three quarters, Ben Battle. Winx is staving off. Ben Battle, cometh the hour, cometh the legend, greatness, Wicks has done it, it's Equo-Utopia. After her historic fourth Cox Plate and having won 29 races in a row, calls of her being the greatest of all time were becoming louder. Winks's connections were now faced with a huge decision, whether to keep her racing or send her to the breeding barn. Thankfully, they chose the former. Here's Chris Waller. I guess there were some questions why she needed to go on. So it's obviously something that's played in our minds and we're constantly thinking as to why you keep racing this horse. The fact is, she's enjoying her racing. The public just love her. And I've worked with horses all my life. You get to see their body language when they're happy and I'm pretty proud that we're continuing to race her for the right reasons. It's not about money. It's about the better of the sport. And what a great decision that would turn out to be from Chris Waller and the Connections. Winks proved she still had a zest for racing, 
resuming with an easy win in the 2019 Apollo Stakes at Randwick. She won her 30th race in a row, eased down by three lengths. Winks is four lengths away as they come around the turn. Tom Melbourne, the inside of Happy Clapper. Stride for stride, Egg Tart third. Winks is starting to chime into it. Bowman still sits pretty at the furlong. Happy Clapper, Cleveland goes for home. But here she comes now, Winks. She just sidles up on the outside, takes the lead and draws away again. Eight shall not weary the champ. Once again, she's haughty and imperious. Winks makes it a third Apollo Stakes. Any thoughts the now seven-year-old was past her best were quickly put to bed, with Winx's third straight win in the race coming in track record time. Lining up for the third last time, the champion mare scored an emphatic victory in the Chipping Norton Stakes at Randwick. Her old rival Happy Clapper made her earn it, but Winx raced away over the final stages. This has got the crowd on the edge of their seats. Happy Clappers, five in front to Egg Tart. Now Bowman just starting to feel for Winks coming around the turn. He doesn't want to get too far away. Happy Clapper comes up the rise, four lengths clear. But Winks, she's really starting to hit top gear now. Two lengths away, Happy Clapper under the whip. Two in front, Bowman says, come on, girl. Winks moves up on the outside of Happy Clapper. It's a race today, but no longer. She starts to draw clear for a world record. Record of 23 Group 1s. Winx's fourth Chipping Norton Stakes success extended her remarkable winning run to 31 and she became the greatest Group 1 winner in world history with 23. At her penultimate start, the crowd flocked to Rose Hill to say goodbye to the Queen of the Australian Turf. And as has been the norm throughout her sparkling career, Winx didn't let anybody down, registering a dominant win in the Group 1 George Ryder Stakes again with plenty in hand. They come around the turn in the George Ryder. It's Dream Force Brutal. Winks is staying out in the middle of the track and Bowman hasn't moved a muscle. Clear from prop response and Sosi Bond. Now he shakes the rein of Winks and takes the lead from Brutal and Dream Force. And now she starts to go into overdrive. She's won four Cox Plates, four Chipping Nortons and now four George Riders. Here's the world champion Winks. Simply invincible. Amid the celebrations of a 32nd consecutive victory and a 24th Group 1 win came the harsh reality that Winx, arguably Australia's greatest ever racehorse, would have just one more start. Celebrating Winx for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Celebrating Winx for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. You're listening to Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives Every Day. Colin Lil, the leader. Imperial Lass is issuing the challenge on the outside as they come around the bend. They're three in front of Ballet Suite. Sabrina, Rustic Melody, Heavens Above, and Winks has pulled to the outside. 300 metres to go. Imperial Lass has gone to the lead from Colin Lil. Here's Winks. She's winding up and have a look at a go inside the 200 metres mark. And Winks has raced to the lead from Imperial Lass, Ungrateful Allen. And this is a monstrous win in the Oaks. Winks ease down. Three links, Ungrateful Allen. That was the 2015 Queensland Oaks, and it was the first of 24 Group 1 wins for Winks. And my guest in the studio was being very un-Australian, hoping she would actually get beaten. Joining us on Celebrating Winks, 
is my old friend Dr. Turf, SEN's very own. Hello, Turfy. Hello, Pate. Well, you know, it wasn't un-Australian. Why were you, well, why only... were you earth-riding her? <laughs> because uh, I was a part owner of Ungrateful Ellen, who, oh, I see. who ran second in the Queensland Oaks. And we didn't know. I mean, we just had a big rap on her. I mean, she started about ninety that day, coming off the back of a scintillating uh, Sunshine, Ghost, Sunshine Coast Guineas win at Caloundra where she absolutely brained them. And when Ungrateful Ellen was entered for the Oaks, sort of had a look at a bit of the form there and uh, didn't know much about Winks. I'd seen her beaten in Sydney a couple of times and win in Sydney a couple of times. Was it first seal beater? I think a few times early in her career, Group 1 filly. Uh, And then watched this Caloundra race and thought, what the flipping heck is this? Because it just exploded in the straight. So I thought, oh, well, I'm not sure we can beat this. Our our mare was a bit of a grinder. And... uh, you know, the rest is history. I only got into Ungrateful Ellen, who always annoyed me being a part owner of anything associated with David Price, Price Bloodstock. And you worked yes. with uh, David's uh, wife, Jenny Chapman. I did. All those years that she worked here in Australia and did the cup broadcast for 10 and then 7. Uh, all of his horses run in Western Bulldogs colours. Mm. Uh, very difficult for a Melbourne supporter to well, see a horse go around in Bulldogs colours. That may be the case, but at least they've won a flag in the last half century. Um, oh, now, is, that, is, that where we're, is that how this, we're doing this today? This is, is where we're doing right it. Right okay. right okay. right. yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd probably take pretty well to that. Uh, but like, she was a good mayor, actually, ungrateful, Ella. Well, but... you must have been walking around for the next four years saying, well, uh, the form's been franked. Well, it, it, it has. And, of all, and I, look, I haven't had that many winners over the years, and you always get the photos of the... That's the only photo I've ever ordered from a horse coming second because I've come second to Winks. Now, she won by, I reckon, three and a half. But given the fact that she was a dollar nod, I'm not sure she ever started those odds ever again after that because she won that race by three and a half as well. So uh, she was on her way. That was win number two in this uh, unbelievable streak. Is she the best ever? Oh, look, I think so. Um, You know, Black Caviar's got that you never beat me tag, that you cannot take away from her. She was unbeaten. She ran all over Australia. She went to England. So she's got that on, you know, if you want to mount this argument, which I'm never comfortable with the argument because I just, you know, appreciate them both for what they were, what they are. And don't leave Maccabi Diva out of the conversation either because winning three Melbourne Cups a handicap race. Mm, And she she also won a 1,400 metre weight for age race too. So she's won between 1,400 and 3,200. So we've just been blessed to have those three mares. Those three mares, you're right. Why why is it mares now that uh, Mm. have this unbeaten, this astonishing record here in Australia in the past decade or more? But... um, Wings had that rap on him. That was my first experience, of course, with Debbie Capetus because I was there in the mounting yard uh, at Dooman because I think Eagle Farm was yes. shut at the time and yep. it didn't, uh, didn't help us much, or Wings, to be honest, uh, being that tighter track at Dooman. Uh, so we were there in the mounting yard and we were sort of cheering our mare uh, and, and then this explosion of shrieking and noise <laughs> from about <laughs> 10 yards away came. I'd never met Debbie Capetus before nor experienced what she does, uh, you know, post-race, uh, which she stuck to. Mm. All of those 30-plus uh, wins, she carries on the same way. So you've got to say good luck to her. I mean, why wouldn't you celebrate? What's Winx's pinnacle, Doc? What's been uh, her best win in well, your book? Well, you know, talking about a mare that's won four Cox plates, but mm. I, th- I think her Doncaster. Yeah. I think the Doncaster, when she was buffeted, pillar to post, didn't have a clear passage, Handicap. I know some mares of, you know, Sunline was fabulous in a Doncaster as well. 
But, jeez, it was a fantastic win. It was like Black Caviar of all of the Wait for Age wins. It was the Newmarket win that stuck out, wasn't it? Mm. You know, uh, with a horse like Haylist and disadvantage at the weights there. I, I think that was Black Caviar's greatest win. And I think the Doncaster was where she stamped herself. I mean, she was never going to get beaten at Wait for Age after that win, was was she? No. And I often recall the Turnbull where she had the bad luck and yeah. overcame bad luck to win. Reminded me of that famous Australian Cup that Lonro won, remember? Yes, where went, he was, was just, never going to win. And Darren Beeman was yanking him off yeah. heels at about the 200 yeah. million mark and just completely stopped his momentum. But yeah, that it was, was, that was championship qualities that it, got It was. There. And I didn't know what, what to barrack for that day because, you know, there was Lonro with the, the Inghams and all of that. And then there was Greg Kavanagh who had that cult Del Zayo. Yeah. I think it was in the Australian Cup. So that was the, uh, uh, that was a stark sort of difference in uh, the ownership there and, just brought home the egalitarian nature of Australian horse racing. Uh, I, I know sort of Winx's owners are all toffs, but they do love them. I mean, just the way she has responded uh, to all of her victories, the way the whole all the other owners have dealt with the media, it's not an easy thing. I, I think to be under that sort of pressure, is, I don't underestimate what it must be like for the owners. I always thought with Peter Moody was so wonderful with Black Caviar. He was part of the success, if you like, of Black Caviar. And I think the owners have done the same sort of job with Wings in really helping make her an Australian horse, like most of the racing community being feeling like they may own a bit of her. Speaking of being an Australian horse, what's your take on the naysayers who say she's not beaten much because she's frightened them all off, they don't run against her? And, yeah. and in particular, this is coming a bit from the Maybe old so. dart. <laughs> well, what's I, your I, take on that? Well, the clock doesn't lie, does it? The clock doesn't lie. I like Matt Chapman. I like what he did. I, I think he was part of the... Uh, he's a stirrer, Matt Chapman. Well, he's, you know what he's doing? He's promoting it. Yeah. He's promoting her. He's promoting Australian racing, whether it may be in, in a... I don't think it was a condescending sense. I think he was playing the game. I think he was having a bit of a lend of us all. Look, she beat the best when in all those handy... It's not her fault that she's now running against the same horses every... As was Black Caviar towards the end of her career. Would I have taken her to Europe? Absolutely, I would have. Uh, I understand why they didn't. It's very easy to say, look, they can come here. But I, I think it would have been better for Australian racing if she'd gone over there and beaten them. Uh, I would have loved to have seen her in the Queen Anne last year, which was a poor race in the end. They wouldn't have known that. I wonder whether it was the narrow win over Humidor the year before that maybe thought, maybe made them think mm, mm. she might be a year past it. She's not because her last two preparations have been spectacular. And you're right, the clock doesn't lie. She runs times that these horses. She would have won those races. She would have. She could have won a Judmont. She could have won a, you know, a Hong Kong Vars or whatever it is, over there, Hong Kong Mile. Even she could have won those races. I've got no doubt about that. She would have won those races, but we'll never know. Have they made the right choice in making Saturday her last one? I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't think of her as a broodmare because you know the history of champion race mares as broodmares is awful. So it's not like I'm busting to see her in the breeding barn. Uh, look, if she spells well, I mean, he'll know. I mean, Chris Waller's done a spectacular job with her. Uh, he'll know how she spells. And, you know, she came, you know, if it came to sort of June, July, and she was in the paddock and in magnificent condition and bucking and jumping, why wouldn't you bring her back? I mean, I, 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 I'm not thinking her as a broodmare prospect. You know, she's a race mare. And she races for the last time on Saturday. She can't get beaten, can she? No, she can't. No, absolutely can't. It's a lay-down Mazaire. 
Hartnell runs second, so that's the bet. Take the exacta. Where will you be watching it? Uh, on the telly. On the telly. I, I mean, I won't, I won't be going to, to Caulfield on the weekend, but I'll certainly be uh, cheering her home. You wouldn't think of going up? And this is a serious question because I spoke to Kenny Callender uh, a couple of weeks ago on This Is Your Sporting Life, mm. and he said he wasn't going to go to her fourth Cox Plate. And a mate of his said, Kenny, you're going. Yeah. Because of what's going to happen you, here. You know something? I, I mean, I've, I've worked many, many Cox Plates. I didn't work Cox Plate Day last year, but I went. Because mm. I actually wanted to see her win her fourth Cox Plate. We're lucky being part of the, the media where you get access and you're yeah. in the mounting yard and right down uh, in the winner's enclosure. And, you know, the Valley is a pretty special racetrack if you're down close to the action because there is atmosphere at Mooney Valley that I, I haven't experienced at any other racetrack anywhere in the world. Yeah. Uh, in front of the stands there, the the amphitheatre, uh, that's a special moment. I wouldn't go – I mean, I've seen her win four cox plates in the flesh and Turnbulls and, um, you know, Caulfield Stakes uh, and races of that. I've seen her win in the flesh enough. I've seen her win a Queensland Oaks, Peter. Yes. Uh, much to my chagrin. Uh, so I, it doesn't – I don't need to see her win again. It's been lovely to reunite the accommodation, which briefly um, covered the Melbourne Cup uh, on Channel 10 all those years ago who, together. Who got sacked, you or me? Uh, it was you, because you made the fatal mistake. You know, the one thing you don't do in television? Yeah, ask for a pay rise. That's exactly right. And so now you know, and that's the reason that we are no longer together. But it's been delightful to share this uh, 10 minutes or so with you. Thanks, Pete. Could have given me a heads up on that too, by the way, at the time, but you didn't. And if you could just leave your invoice in the tray on the way out the door, Shall that do. would be lovely. John Rothfield, Dr. Turf, joining us, and I hope you enjoyed the chat on Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funeral, Celebrating Lives Every Day. So, when it's all said and done, how will Winks be remembered? For the final word, here's Debbie Kapitas and fellow part owner Richard Trawick. I think she'll be the same as Black Caviar, the same as Farlap. She'll be remembered forever. She'll be in people's hearts. And once you're in someone's heart, you don't get forgotten. She will be remembered as the greatest race horse in Australian history. That brings us to the end of Celebrating Winks, with thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives every day. I hope you enjoyed the show, and don't forget from 9am until 6pm on Saturday, 1377 will be renamed Winks Plus, as we celebrate the illustrious career of the mighty Winks. I'm Peter Donegan, hope you can join us then. Celebrating Winks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives every day. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.